Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. beginning a brand new series today called the end times I've had more people ask me questions about this over the last year through the pandemic than I have in a long time so I decided that we would do this series and today I just want to set you at ease uh, and when I was growing up in the 80s uh, every it seemed like every pastor I heard was talking about Jesus was coming and they were trying to scare the devil out of you okay uh, and so that is not my objective. Matter of fact, in the 90s, there was a series of books uh, called Left Behind that was written and movies that was pr produced. And there was a lot of talk about the second coming of Christ. But it seems like that everything has sort of went silent on that, uh, on that note over the last uh, decade or two. And I just want to tell you today that we're going to talk about the, we're going to talk about the, the return of Christ. Uh, we're going to talk about what happens uh, after Christ comes back through this whole series. So it's something that you're definitely going to want to be tuned into. And so today as we begin, I want to talk to you about the return of Jesus. When is Jesus going to come back? And, and so we're going to talk about what that looks like today. In 1 Thessalonians, we find that uh, the writer, the guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament, Paul, God used him to write this. He begins talking about what it's going to look like. And so it says this, it says, For the Lord himself, talking about Jesus, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. Now let me just stop right here and give you a little side note. <laughs> this is just something for you to be aware of. Every time that Jesus gave a shout in the scripture, there was a resurrection. That means somebody come back alive. And we only see that three times in the scripture. And that is number one is when Lazarus, when Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. He'd been dead four days and he, Lazarus was resurrected, walked right out of that tomb. And then when Jesus was at, on the cross, he shouted, it is finished. And then three days later, he got up out of the tomb. And the Bible tells us that there's going to be a shout from heaven that's going to come one day. And all of us that are on the earth that are alive and remain are going to be called up with him. Amen. Isn't that awesome, everybody? Okay, we'll talk more about that. He said, with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive and remain will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, let's read what's bold here. You ready? Comfort one another with these words. So these words are not to scare anybody. They're to give you comfort. And listen, the world is crazy. We've all seen all kind of craziest craziness. And the world, as the world gets darker, the light of Jesus gets brighter. Amen? And so that's what we need to be shining today. I want to let you know that the Bible says 1,845 times that Jesus is going to return. 
you know, there was, there, for every prophecy that was given that Jesus would come in a manger, you know, be, Christmas would happen. And there's a lot of people that didn't believe the Messiah would come. I mean, it was prophesied for years and years. But when he'd come, for everyone that, for every prophecy that was given, he'd come the first time. There's eight more, eight times that many that says that he would come again the second time that we're waiting for now. And so um, uh, there's some things that I want to tell you that I think that we need to do as we wait for the return of Christ. And I want to give them to you today. There's three of them. The first one I would say is this, is look for the signs of his coming. You know, Jesus didn't want us to get caught unaware. That's why Matthew, he wrote in Matthew 24 about what to look for to know that his coming was getting closer. And so I'm going to give you a few of these signs today. And this is just a few. There's many more that we could talk about, but here's just a few. The first one I would say is this, is letter A, is look for the rebirth of Israel. The rebirth of Israel was a sign that Christ's coming is soon. The rebirth of Israel. 1,878 years, there was no Israel. Remember the scripture, God had established the Jewish people as a nation. And then, and then 1,878 years, they, spent, they were not a nation. And it's amazing how that a, a, Roman, uh, uh, a Roman emperor by the name of Titus come in in 70 AD, and he wiped out uh, Jerusalem. He burned the cities down. Matter of fact, he killed 1.1 million Jews. And the rest of the Jews that escaped actually escaped to 70 other countries. And so he tried to wipe out the Jewish nation. And from that time, there was no Jewish nation. But notice what Jesus said in Matthew 24 when he talks about the sign of his coming. He said this. He said, now learn a lesson from the fig tree. Now let me pause right there. Any, many, most of the time when you see the uh, term fig tree in the New Testament, he's talking about the nation of Israel. That is always referred to as a nation of Israel, okay? So as soon as you see its twigs go tender, get tender, and its leaves come out, you know that summer's near. What is he saying? He means that when you see Israel's rebirth, the fig tree, when it, come, when it starts coming back into a nation, then you know that, that his coming is near. He says, even so, when you see these things, you know that it's near right at the door. And what's, what happened on May 15th, 1948, shocked the world. And that was in one day, one day, it seemed like out of nowhere, Israel became a nation in 1948. It, was, it surprised everyone. That, and, the, and I'm proud to say that the United States of America was the first one to cast their vote uh, to the United Nations on May 15th, 1948, for Israel to become a nation. And that day it became a nation. What Jesus had prophesied, what Jesus had said, and what, what the scripture said all throughout history is that Israel would be a nation again, and it did. And just think, after, after almost 1,900 years of not being a nation, we feel like, well, that really wasn't true. But God said it, and if God said it, it's going to happen. Amen, everybody? If God says it is going to happen, no matter who says, when God, whatever God says does come true. If God says an elephant's going to lay an egg, you better get your skillet ready. <laughs> Amen? That's right. He, God is, God, what God says comes true. Letter B is this, the other thing that we look for. So we see that Israel has become a nation. And by the way, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the series, but Israel is God's time clock. And you may say, well, pastor, I'm not interested in any of that Jewish stuff. Well, let me tell you something. If there's no Jewish stuff, there's no Christian stuff. Without Jews, there's no Jesus. Amen? And they're God's chosen people. So we'll talk about it a little bit more later in this series. The second thing I would say is this, or letter B, there will be an explosion of knowledge. That was prophesied years and years ago. 
that there would be an explosion of knowledge in the last days. In the book of Daniel, in the Old Testament, God showed Daniel a vision about the uh, last days. And this is what he said. He said, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the what? Of the end. Now, notice what he said. This is what's going to happen. In the end time, many will run to and fro. In other words, he said that at the end times, people are going to be so busy. I mean, they're going to be running all over the place. And again, this was written before there was ever an automobile invented or an airplane invented. But would you agree with me today that we are busy, busy people? Would you agree with that? And that we're running all the time, all the time. And then he said this, and knowledge shall increase and knowledge shall increase. That means that, that there would be an explosion of knowledge. Do you know in 1945 in world, at the end of World War II, it took 25 years for knowledge to double. 25 years. Today, knowledge doubles every 12 to 13 months. Knowledge doubles. We're seeing it in technology, right? I mean, how many of you remember using a phone that was uh, attached to the wall? Anybody a pay phone? Anybody? All right, yeah, there's some of us here. Some of you got to Google what that looks like, but yeah. Yeah, remember, remember that you didn't leave your house without a quarter or a dime in your pocket so you can make a call, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when Rhonda and I started dating, her dad always makes sure that she had a quarter, a quarter or a dime so if she ever needed to call him, she could call. And, and so, but, but now, what? We, I mean, now we, we have our computers in our, phone, our pockets, right? I mean, our phones are, are with us all the time. And let me just tell you, folks, some of you young people, you know, you can't imagine a world without a cell phone. We couldn't imagine a world with a cell phone. I mean, it was crazy. And so just in our, just in our time, I mean, it's like, it's gotten really crazy. I mean, we got, I just shoot, we got to see the fax machine come in. I mean, that's what freaked me out right there. How in the world do you dial up something, you scan it, and it ends up somewhere else? I don't know. But I'm, that still freaks me out. I don't know how that works. I mean, it's just crazy. I'm just saying, we've seen knowledge just double and double. And like with medicine, I mean, it's amazing what modern medicine has done, right? So we know, would you agree with me that, that knowledge is on the increase, everybody? Yes, that's right. And so it's amazing how the computer I got right now will be obsolete next year, right? It's just crazy. At least they tell me that anyway. So uh, my phone, they make it die, so I have to buy another one. But also, there was something that had to happen. There's going to be, the Bible tells us that there's going to be uh, an Antichrist. Actually, there is the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. It's been in the world. That, that's why the, even now, listen, there's an anti-God sentiment walking across, sweeping across our land. You know, that God's not cool anymore and then the world wants to get rid of God. And, and it, it does. I mean, like you just, you just talk to people. Like, well, we don't talk about that God stuff. And as a matter of fact, even in our own country, it, 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 you can't even say the name of Jesus or talk about your faith without being criticized and, and, and ridiculed. And so, but in Revelation, it talks about the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to come on the scene as a world leader. And by the way, the Antichrist, you know, he wasn't George Bush. He wasn't Barack Obama. He's not Donald Trump and he, he's not Joe Biden. Okay, just won't tell you that, all right? I know everybody's trying to say, well, they're the Antichrist. No, they're not. <laughs> but they're going to come on the scene and when they do, it's going to have world power and he's going to have the favor of the world. He's going to have answers that all these crises that we're facing, he's going to have the answers to. And the world is going to fall in love with this great leader. Oh, he's so wonderful. And then he's going to make peace with Israel. Okay. He's going to go over to all the peace in the middle, all the issues in the Middle East. He's going to straighten all of that out. 
going to make peace in the Middle East, and, and everybody's going to love him, especially the Jewish people are going to love him too. He's like, oh, he's the only leader that's embraced us. And then after three and a half years of being, on, of being in charge, all of a sudden he's going to turn his back on God's people. And he's going to declare himself as God. And he's going to set up his kingdom. And when he does, there's going to be a three and a half years that's going to be just as worse as you could ever imagine. It's called the Great Tribulation. But in that time frame, that he's going to have this structure up to where you cannot buy food or you cannot uh, buy anything without a mark. Look what the Bible says. It says this. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or number of his name is what? 666. Okay, maybe you probably watch horror movies with that. Uh, but I want you to know that God was saying this a long time ago. Now, the book of Revelation was written, was written almost 2,000 years ago, all right? It was written, and, and God showed John, what, the guy that was Jesus' disciples, who was taken to an island to be persecuted. God revealed himself there and showed him the end time, what it's going to be like, and told him that at the end time that you would be able to be tracked everywhere you go. Now, when I was a kid and as a teenager in the 80s hearing this, I'm like, are you kidding me? How in the world are they going to tell where I'm at all the time? I was thinking, I mean, in the 80s, I remember thinking that. How are they going to, these pastors that, you know, they say, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And there'll be these computers. I'm like, are you kidding me? What comp and the computers that we knew of then, they were bigger than this church, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the way it was. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're going to be, it's going to be called the beast. That's what, they're, the computer's the beast. And they're going to be able to track you. I'm like, man, that's crazy. I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen. And here we are today, 2021. You're being tracked all the time, right? I mean, you got a cell phone right now. Let me see your hand. All right, welcome. You're tracked right now. Everybody, they know where you are, right? I mean, they know what you're thinking, Matter of fact, if you have your cell phone, something that I say today, you're probably going to see a commercial about on your phone come up, right? It's amazing. Isn't that amazing how that you talk about something, all of a sudden on your social media, you see an ad for that? They're listening to everything we're saying. Amen. And be careful of those cameras. Even when you think they're not on, they may be on. Don't take them to the bathroom. I remember... I remember, this is horrible, but I remember when I was doing some mentoring with the kids in the middle school and, and uh, one of the kids got his phone took it, taken away. He said, you know what? It's not even, I, don't, I hate going to the bathroom now. <laughs> he always you took his phone to the bathroom and did whatever on it. So it's crazy. But I just want to tell you that the, so knowledge has increased. And listen, in order for everybody to be tracked, and, and you're not going to be able to buy anything or sell anything without that mark. And that's the way it's going to be. You're going to have to have a chip. Now, that was something that we didn't know about in the 80s either. They said they're going to track you. But now we know that you can be chipped, right? I mean, a lot of animals are already chipped, so we don't lose them. And, and you say, well, I would never take that and say, oh, yes, there's so many good things because you don't have to carry any ID anymore. You don't have to carry a credit card anymore. You just go in and swipe your head. <laughs> or you swipe your hand, right? Listen, it's here. I'm just telling you that God... God said this a long time ago. This is the way it's going to be. And here we are. And I just want to make you aware of that. I don't want, it's not to scare you, it's to excite you that know that Christ is going to return. The next one is this, is that people will turn away from the truth of God's word. 
people will turn away from the truth of God's word. Look what, look what the Bible says in 2 Timothy. In the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing, talking about when Jesus is returning, and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. I know it's the next part. For there is going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth, but, won't, uh, but will go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want, want to hear. Has that ever happened more than today? Notice the next line. They won't listen to what, what's that next word? The Bible. They won't listen to what the Bible says, but will follow their own misguided ideas. I want to tell you this, that this man with the internet, this has made this crazy, hasn't it? You know, it's amazing. We live in a world where everything is wrong, but yet everything is right. You know, a group can get together and say, well, no, this is right. So all of a sudden it's, it's right. But no, 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 it's wrong. But no, it's right. Well, well, okay, I thought that was right. Well, that was right yesterday, but now it's wrong today. That's why God's word is true. It's, it's true from the beginning to the end and from all time. Let me tell you, the devil's number one tactic is confusion. That's what he does. He is the author of confusion. And see, the devil doesn't have to trap you as long as he can confuse you. And so what he's trying to do from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, remember the, how that when Adam and Eve were in the garden and remember how that God said, or the devil said to them, God really didn't say that. You know, he didn't really say that you would really die if you ate that. I mean, you really won't die. Matter of fact, I want you to know that God didn't want you to be like him. And so you're going to be brighter and smarter and better. You're going to be more fulfilled. You're going to be the real you if you eat that fruit. That's what the devil said. And it was a lie. It was confusion. And I just want to tell you today that we're living in a spirit of confusion. Right now, do you know this? That God talks about marriage. And again, listen, I want you to know that I, I want you to know that I love everybody. But I want to tell you that God talked about marriage between being a, between a man and a woman. And any any sexual activity outside of that relationship, God says is wrong. Jeff doesn't say that. God says that. Amen. And so I want you to know that God says that. So, so anyways, wherever you, a person may fit in that realm, I want you to know that, that the only thing that God says is between a man and a woman. Amen. And now I want to tell you that we live in a culture today that says that everything goes. Yep. And this is the part that I want to tell you is very uncomfortable, all right? Because everybody in this room have people that have different ideas. And, and even in my own family, it happens. But I want to tell you this, that right now our children are at risk. Because they're being taught very, very young in life to not know who their own identity is. I mean, their own physical identity. They're saying there's, there's, this, there, there's, put, there's pressure on now by a very, very minority of people that because, see, we've tried to be, make everybody feel comfortable. We didn't want to say anything to make people feel uncomfortable. We've not spoken the truth. And because the church has gotten quiet on the truth, though, that very, very minority people have gotten very loud and all of a sudden have taken over the, our, our culture. And so what I want you to know is that there's a bill right now that is, was just passed in the House of, Rep uh, House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. that was passed already. It's called the, uh, the uh, Equality Act. And what this act says is this, is that if, if we do not, as a church, if we, the church, do not change our bathrooms to be gender neutral 
And then if I choose not to do a same-sex wedding, then we can no longer be a church. If that bill passes, then it pretty much wipes out the church. And it's already passed, the House, okay? It's already passed, so it's already here. So you have got to call a senator, and you got to say, we can't have this, right? It's time for the church to speak up, everybody. Amen? Listen, we, won't have a, we will not have a church if this goes through. And so I'm just trying to tell you that. Listen, I have no problem. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, don't you love everybody? Yes, I do. But the most unloving thing that I can do is not tell the truth because when the trumpet sounds, those people won't go. I mean, the Bible says, the Bible is very clear. If you're living in open sin and Jesus said sexual immorality will not inherit the kingdom of God, if I don't tell the truth, they can't go. And our children are paying the price. Listen, when our children are being told that you don't know who you are, that you know you don't know if you're a boy or girl, you have to figure that out sometime in your life. No, we know who they are. And they're confused and we have to speak up. Listen, listen. Listen, God, if you've been, if you're new here today, I, I, my, I think the person would tell you that I love people. I love everybody, everybody. But our children cannot be put through this. There's this confusion, confusion, confusion. And then listen, right now, moms and dads, I'm telling you, you've got to have the talk with them while they're in elementary. You can't wait to middle school because in middle school, they're not listening to you anymore. They're listening to everybody that's on social media, right? And, I, and I'm telling you, listen, it's, it's amazing that you've got you to speak the truth with love and teach your children what's right and wrong and let them know that God created you as a man or a woman and you, that's who you're to be and be the best that you can, amen? Don't you just think it's confusing when you say, okay, go to the bathroom. Well, where do I go? Well, I don't know. What do you feel like today? And I, and I don't say that to be, I don't say that to be ugly at all, but I'm saying that's what our kids, our kids are confused because they don't know what to do right. and we have to stop it. And we have to say, no, the church is going to speak up. Listen, Amen. we must be civil, but we cannot be silent anymore. Amen. I want to apologize to you because as your pastor for 26 years, I've been a little too silent I've been a little too silent in leading you. But I want to tell you that, again, we're going to speak the truth in love. And again, every one of us in this room has someone that we're thinking about right now. And I want you to know, I have, in my family, in my family, I have these issues as well. But it doesn't mean that the truth's not the truth. Amen, everybody? Amen. We have to speak the truth. Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, was a, was a Lutheran pastor who stood up to, to Hitler and he called him out and said, this is wrong what you're doing. It's wrong. And he died in a concentration camp at 39 years old, but he stood for the truth. And this is what he said. He says, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless if we don't speak up. And listen, let me tell you something. It's sweeping across our land and we got to stop it and we got to speak up now. And I'm not talking about Democrat or Republican or independent. I'm talking about Christian people that we have to say, no, no, no. We're going to live by our morals. Forget us. You're not going to label me to put me in a corner in a box. No, no, no. I'm going to be a Christian no matter, you, no matter what label you try to put on me. And I'm going to speak the truth in love. Amen, Amen everybody. Amen. The third thing I would share with you is, or the second thing I would say is this, is listen for the trumpet sound. 
1 Thessalonians 4.18 says, Therefore, encourage each other with these words. In other words, this is our hope, everybody. This is not all there is. If you're depressed today, listen, look up. Look up. So you see, when, what he's saying is that when that trumpet sounds, we're going to get to see people. We had a, a member of our church pass away last week. His name is Ronnie Barnes. You know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to see Ronnie. That's what I'm looking forward to. We had, a, we had a, a guy that was our worship pastor. He was, he was in his 30s that passed away. His name was Christoph Solomon. And he led our worship here for four years. And he passed away. You know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to get to see Christoph. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm a, he, loved, he, loved to sing and, he loved to sing and play. And I couldn't, I couldn't sing with him because I couldn't sing. But when I get to heaven, I want you to know, on the way up, something's going to happen right in here. I'm going to join this heavenly choir, amen. He's going to be playing. I'm going I'm to step up to the mic, and you're not going to know that voice because it's going to be angelic, but it's going to be me. Yes. And, and when I get to heaven, I had a brother that died. My, my, my brother that was between my mom and dad, they had two children, me and my brother, and, and he died. And when I, we were, I was like six years old, and I've always wondered what it'd be like to be with him. And I'm going to tell you, when I get to heaven, I'm going to find him, and we're going to get to make up all this lost time. But I want to tell you, the person that I want to see most is when that trumpet sounds, I'm going to meet him right over the treetops, and that name is Jesus Christ because he died for my sin, and he saved my soul. And he's my hope today. Hallelujah. Jesus is who we're going to get to see. Look what the Bible says. It says, dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But what we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Amen. We're going to get to be like Jesus. That means that all this bad attitude and the person that you don't like is going to be changed up on the way to heaven. And you're going to like them in heaven. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? That person that you can't stand, that, that you know they're a Christian, they're going to be in heaven, and, and you get to see them, and instead of going, oh, no, you're going to go, wow, here they come. Hallelujah. That brother and sister-in-law, that mother-in-law, whoo, I better stop right there. <laughs> we get a new body when we go to heaven. Aren't you glad about that, everybody? Look what the Bible says. It says this. It will be, it will happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. I want you to go ahead and bat your eyes one time. Just bat your eyes. That's the twinkling of an eye. In a moment, a twinkling of an eye when the last trumpet blows, for there will be a trumpet blast from the sky, and all the Christians who died will suddenly become alive, and their new bodies that will never, never die. And then we who are still alive shall suddenly have new bodies too. Hallelujah. You know what that means? That means we get to heaven. No more boldness. Hallelujah. Oh, you're going to see me going down the streets of gold like this. No more bold, no more bulges. Aren't you glad about that? No more bifocals. Hallelujah. And no more bad news. No more Fox News. No more CNN News. No more MSNBC. No more talk radio. Hallelujah to God. It's going to be a great day. And aren't you glad about that? No more bad news. No more mom, dad. No more of that. No more divorce. Hallelujah. No more, no more. Wow, no more, no more. The third thing is this, is that live for Jesus now. Live for Jesus now. It's the people that are follow Christ's followers that get to go to heaven. You say, 
Well, Pastor Jeff, well, you know, I believe Jesus lived, so doesn't that qualify me? No. The devil believes Jesus lived. He believes God's word. No, being a follower of Jesus. Look what it says in Matthew's gospel. Jesus said this, talking about the end times. He said, and it, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up until the day Noah entered the ark. In other words, Noah built this huge ship. Ron and I have seen it in Kentucky, the ark encounter. It's huge. Took him a lot of years to build it. And every day he built it was a testimony that God was going to send the rain. And he would preach and people walk by and say, hey, repent. And listen, you can come get on the ship. You can come get on the boat with me. Come get on. But they wouldn't do it. They just act like it. They just ignored it and made fun of Noah. And that's exactly what's happening in our world today. People are making fun of Christians and they're, they're just passing by the church and laughing. He goes on to say this. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two will be in a field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken, the other left. Therefore, keep, keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. Jesus said that. Jesus said, I'm coming. I'm coming back again. And I'm coming for those that are anticipating me to come. Watch this. When the, when the ark was built with Noah, and Noah kept saying, rain's coming. It never rained before. So people said, man, you're crazy. What are you doing? You're nuts. They called him crazy. But he said, it's coming. And what do you think, what do you think those people were thinking when all those animals started marching toward that ark? I mean, wouldn't that be some kind of sign to you that, hey, something weird's going on here because now all of a sudden Noah's got the thing down, he's got, he's got the plank down, and all of a sudden the elephants just come two by two walking up, him and her. Let's go get on the boat, the ark. The giraffe, I mean, I mean, it just happened that way. They just began to come and get on the ark. Don't you think that would have been a sign to them that, hey, this is weird, something's up. And they all got on the ark. And after the snail made it on, Baby, that's persistence right there, right? Even the snail made it on the ark. And all those slithering snakes, I don't know why they put those on there. After it's all on the ark, the Bible said that God closed the door to the ark. Not Noah, God did, and sealed it. And the rain, become, the rain started raining. What do you think happened? People were at that ark. Let me in, let me in, let me in, let me in, let me in. And God has shut the door. I want to tell you, the most crowded this church will ever be is the day after Jesus comes. Because there are going to be so many people that say, let me in, let me in, let me in, let me go. And it's going to be too late. So that's why we have to, we have to get on mission now. And I want to challenge you if you're not a Christ follower to become one. Because when Jesus comes back, you see the first time he come in the shame of a manger, but this time he's going to come in the splendor of heaven. When Jesus comes back this next time, the first time he stood before Pilate, but next time Pilate will stand before him. When Jesus comes back the next time, 
You see, the first time they nailed him to a cross, but this time they're going to hail him King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's coming to take you out of the depression you're in. He's coming to take you out of the anxiety that you've been through. He's come to deliver you out of that financial mess. He's come to take you out of all this peer pressure. And you know the greatest thing about heaven? There'll be no social media. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. He's coming to take you, to deliver you. Your deliverance is at hand. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, some of the young people sitting here, well, I want to live and get married and all that. So I know what you're thinking. I thought the same thing. But let me tell you something. When that trumpet sounds, it may happen this afternoon or it may happen 100 years from now. I don't know. What I'm telling you is that you will be satisfied in such a way to be the greatest day of your life. And those things that you think about that you, you you won't enjoy, you will enjoy so much better being in God's presence. Today, my question to you is this. Are you a follower of Jesus? That's the question. No, not, not do I believe he exists. No, 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 no. You believe enough to follow. That's what matters. And I would say that those that are watching and those of you in this room, I'm sure in a crowd this size, there's some people here that, you know what, if that trumpet sounded today, you just don't know. Don't leave here that way. Don't leave here that way. Go with the assurance that, you know what, I know that who I believed in, and I just have this confidence that he's going to take care of me. That's the, that's the most peace you could ever have. I'm going to pray with you now. And what I want to do is I want you everyone to just bow your heads. And those of you that are watching online, if you just bow your heads. Today, you know, if you're not a Christ follower today. If you're not a Christ follower today, I don't want to embarrass you. We'll not do that. But today you say, Jeff, I really want to be, I want to, I want to go to heaven with God. I don't want to miss this. I want to live for him. I want to be a Christ follower. If that's you today, I want you to pray this prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud, but right now is the time that you're going to pray it. Dear Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to forgive me of my sins. And I want you to help me to do your will. I'm sorry, oh God, that I've hurt you by the way I've lived. But God, today, I want to do it your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I want everyone to take that connection card. I'd like for everyone to just hold it in your hand just a second. Those of you that are watching online, take yours out with your app. On that card is a place. Before you leave this place, I just ask you to, if you made that decision today that you check the box so that I can pray for you. Because the devil is going to do everything to get you to doubt what you did today. And I want to pray for you. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.